Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Take Three podcast. My name is Brandon, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. We're here on a uh, Tuesday afternoon, coming off of a Monday night football game where we saw King Henry kind of do his thing again. We talked about it uh, in the preview for uh, week six last week that, hey, this game could go one or two ways um, if the Bills can find a way to slow down Derrick Henry. And Josh Allen can just do his thing. It'll be an easy night. Clearly, I mean, we saw the other, we saw uh, the opposite happen. Derrick Henry did his thing. I think it was another 20 carries, a buck 40, three touchdowns. Uh, I mean, he's on pace for records. And I think he's nearing 800 yards and 10 touchdowns through six games. Just a ridiculous uh, pace for that. Then we looked at, I mean, Sunday Night Football. I don't even know if I want to sit here and talk about that. This uh, pretty disgraceful performance. If you're a Steelers fan, I wouldn't be happy. You're up 14 nothing. Kind of let that game landslide and uh, Geno Smith lead a team back in. This kind of felt for the first week in a while that kind of like the status quo in the league kind of it kept its uh, it kept its form. I guess many, I mean, the Monday night game could have been like a flip flop. You could have saw it either way. I kind of Tennessee taking that just due to uh, what I covered in the uh, we covered in the preview is kind of that game where Buffalo is coming off an emotional game and then they go on the road for another prime time one. Just kind of one of those. I mean, we saw the London game. Uh, just how are you feeling after uh, Monday night football, another week in the league, kind of no real big upsets in my eyes, unless you consider the the Raiders beating the Broncos an upset. I don't think there was like a big upset over the weekend. No, not really. It kind of just felt like the good teams established themselves and created like more distance from the worst teams. Uh, all the teams you kind of expected to win won this weekend with the exception of the few matchups that were close that could go either way. But yeah, it's we're just seeing more of like the division in the league between the good teams and the bad teams as we're like a now a third through the season. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're a third through the season. We're kind of seeing this league uh, really take shape. We're seeing teams like the Ravens, who we kind of didn't know what they were going to be with losing their whole backfield and losing an entire team. They're kind of putting it all together. They're still finding ways to win games, even though Lamar was not great on a Sunday to just find a way to get a W. You see the Cardinals. I mean, they remain the league's only undefeated team. I think both of us going into the week were like, this would be a game where they could be in trouble going on the road to uh, play Cleveland. And it just looked like from the start, I mean, Nick Chubb was ruled out. I think it was Thursday of the week. I think Kareem Hunt went down. Uh, Baker Mayfield has a hurt shoulder. It just seemed like um, everything kind of stacked up. And the Cardinals came to play and put up another uh, similar to week one performance, 37-14 on the board. I mean, I guess let's just open this thing up. Monday Night Football, Derrick Henry. I mean, what can you say about that, man? Pretty remarkable, right, for a man that big to be able to do all that and just kind of, um, yeah, he's really just putting the team on the back. It's so uh, it's so interesting to see a team that you kind of know what they're going to do, but this one guy, you still can't really stop him. He's that hard to stop because everybody in the world knows what the Tennessee Titans are going to do at this point, and uh, teams still cannot shut that man down. What did you see uh, last night in Monday Night Football? Derrick Henry is just impressive as always. Uh, like you said, they know exactly what they want to do, where they're going with the football, and he still just dominates. Uh, he has a chance to go back to back 2000 yard seasons. And I brought it up previ in a previous episode, just in a hypothetical asking about Derrick Henry and like a, like a hypothetical MVP. But I don't know. He has a chance to he could go back to back 2000 yard seasons, perhaps break the, uh, all-time rushing record. Now he has an extra game to do it, so that's a little bit of an asterisk, but he still has a possibility of doing it this year. 
back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons. It's just like, I what can you say except like praise for Derrick Henry? The amount of touches this man has each like each week is incredible as well. He only had 20 carries last night. I use only lightly, but like we've seen him top 30, 25 to 30 touches many times. Absolutely top 30. So the fact that he hasn't slowed down, he's still going. It's just, he's elite. He's the best running back in the game. And there's a big gap because I think he leads the league in yards by over a hundred. Like it's not even close that he's the best back in the league right now. Yeah. That man's killing it. I mean, uh, yeah. 10 touchdowns through six games, almost 800 yards through uh, six games. Ridiculous number. He is on pace for like a ridiculous amount of carries too. I think he has about 162. I think I saw 162 carries through six games. Man's on pace for like 400 or 500 carries. You wonder if a variable will kind of, pull that back a little bit, even though knowing they got it, this is it. Like Ryan Tannehill really wasn't that great. He had 216 yards, no touchdowns and a pick. It's kind of, you're seeing that wide receiving quarter. Then they went out and got Julio. Julio, I believe got hurt again uh, last night and missed the remainder of the game, but AJ Brown kind of found his way. It was kind of, they added these weapons, but it's still the same old thing. That's kind of carrying this team. I mean, are you surprised that they're watching them week one, like sitting at this point now, we're now through week six. Are you surprised that uh, Tennessee was really able to kind of get it all together. We watched them get smoked at home by the Cardinals, and we we're like, shit, this team could be – like, they could be garbage this year. Like, the weapons aren't really working out. Tannehill's not really working out. But, I mean, we sit here after six weeks. They are 4-2 uh, and two atop of the AFC South. Kind of put everything back together. Oh, yeah. they. It was a pretty remarkable comeback, honestly. A little bounce back from the start because they looked so bad against Arizona, and now it looks more reasonable as Arizona's undefeated has looked in- – incredibly impressive so the titans are the team i thought they were going to be heading into the season they're four and two they're right there in that afc race and they made the afc really interesting beating buffalo because if they lost and buffalo would have been it would have been buffalo and baltimore one loss teams now it's like getting dicey and everything's like right there up for grabs exactly and then on the other side i mean do you really put like obviously a loss is a loss but i mean i kind of broke it down this week when you win an emotional game in kansas city on sunday night football and then go on the road again for another primetime game it's kind of tough to like put together two good primetime games like back to back with heavy uh uh, heavy emotion like heavy intensity so i mean do you really i i don't really take nothing away against buffalo josh allen was still pretty damn good like they still did their thing they just ran into a buzzsaw and obviously i mean only losing 34 31 so do you really take anything away from buffalo are you worried do you see any concerns on them or it's just like one of those games that you're going to lose games in an nfl season this is just one yeah to me you're going to lose games in an nfl season this is against a really good team they were on the road um if i were to pull something of concern from this game is that uh, their defense couldn't stop them down the stretch. Once Tennessee got going, they scored on, I think it was their last six possessions straight, four touchdowns, two field goals. But yeah, that would be my one concern if I'm Buffalo. It's not really a big concern. Buffalo is going to keep it rolling. I believe they're going into a bye week so they can regroup there. But uh, yeah, I'm not worried about Buffalo at all. If I were to take some concerns, it would be the defense because they could not get a stop down the stretch. But I think they'll figure those kind of things out. There's plenty of time still. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I feel the, I feel the same. Uh, we'll move into Sunday, kind of the other game. Honestly, I really wasn't planning on talking about it. Didn't really think. I thought it would uh, – I mean, I knew it had potential to be good, but we got the Cowboys. They went on the road to Foxborough. I mean, that was one hell of a game. Overtime winner, uh, Dak Prescott hits C.D. Lamb for the game winner. But, I mean, everything inside of that game, you had another Trayvon Diggs interception and a pick six at that. Then the very next play, 
he quote unquote got burnt. But to be honest, if KZ doesn't cut him off, I think Trayvon Diggs is there. But I mean, it was just such a that was like great, right? He takes pick six in the very next play. Uh, somebody Kendrick Bourne houses it on him, who the ball bounced off of Kendrick Bourne's hands for the pick six. So it was like it came full circle. Uh, it was another great week out of Dak Prescott, to be honest, 36 51. Uh, 445 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. It was kind of like the Cowboys. They're now sitting five and one. Um, are they? Uh, and they got the uh, they got everything kind of rolling. They got the receiving core. CD Lamb went off, as I mentioned, uh, nine catches, a buck 49, two touchdowns. It just seems like if Amari doesn't have a good week, uh, somebody will step up. CD Lamb, or they'll use the two backs. Um, I mean, once again, I'm kind of I'm impressed with uh, Dallas defense. Not great, but once again, the defense got them a score. So uh, when it comes down to it, if your defense can do that, does it really matter if they get gouged? I mean, what do you what do you see here? It was a it was a, a hell of a game, as I said. I thought it was an pretty a pretty impressive win for Dallas. Uh, they went on the road and they didn't play perfect, and they still left with a W. Because uh, usually Dallas teams in the past they go on the road and they play these close games, they make mistakes, which they did uh this game as well but they came out with the w this is a big difference like trayvon Diggs, another interception the defense is still playing well but Dak threw a pretty costly interception and then before i think it was before half they got it down to the one yard line and had four downs and could not punch it in that was a missed opportunity as well for dallas so it's like it's i'm pretty impressed that dallas goes on the road they make these mistakes and they still leave with the w uh, they've been running the ball so well the last few weeks. They ran it pretty decently, but uh, New England wants to take something away every time, and they decide let's try and limit the run game. And then Dak Prescott, without missing a beat, fifty-one attempts, four hundred over four hundred forty yards. I'm just, I'm very impressed with this Dallas team. Uh, they <clears throat> didn't play perfect, went on the road, made mistakes, and still won. I, this Dallas team is legit. They are definitely at the top of the NFC. Exactly. This is a team. Yeah. The Tony Romo Dallas teams or even the Dak Prescott beginning Dallas teams. Yeah. They would find a way to lose this game. I picked the Cowboys to cover uh, last week, but then even going into this, I was like, this is a weird one, right? Like Belichick can always sort of dial something up. And you kind of saw in that second half where I, I made a comment that maybe the Patriots defense, they used all their juice to stop Tom Brady. Cause they, and then, uh, you saw down the stretch, honestly, like Steve Belichick really adjusted that defense and came at Dak and really made him uncomfortable. I think he had a he, he had something with a calf or a hamstring. I know that that was kind of hampering him down the stretch. He should be good to go. But you really saw that uh, defense adjust, attack him and really uh, force the Cowboys hand. But, yeah, as you said, I mean, that's this another team uh, that resilient. They found a way to get the job done. That's, uh, that's what it comes down to. You go on the road games like this, they're probably supposed to win, but it's a game you could drop. And when they were in a uh, danger. They uh, didn't fold. Trayvon Diggs did his thing. Pretty impressive, right? Like that guy uh, is something else. It's kind of crazy. I looked at betting boards and he's not the uh, favorite for a defensive player of the year, even though he just tied Rod Woodson's uh, interceptions number through six games at seven picks through six. It's uh, pretty remarkable. Who's the favorite? I think Miles Garrett was plus 450 and Trayvon Diggs was second at, uh, I think it was plus 550. So, I mean, he's right wow. there, but it's interesting to see somebody that's off to that scorching hot of a star. You feel like books would be all over that. I mean, I guess they're assuming hey, at some point he will not get an interception for a couple of weeks, but I mean, to this point, his kind of all or nothing <laughs> coverage style has really paid off and it's really kind of propelled the uh, Cowboys defense to another height, even though they do get gouged a little bit through the air, it doesn't seem to matter. Um, anything really else? Were you impressed the Patriot side of the ball? I mean, Josh McDaniels, yeah, there's Josh McDaniels. He hasn't really impressed me for the past couple of weeks, to be honest with his play calling. It seems like he hasn't really 
had a scheme and the more I kind of watched him go, it's like, was it really just Tom Brady that made this guy look this damn good? Cause it's really like questionable calls that sometimes but Mac Jones did put it together. Pretty efficient day, 15 to 21, uh, 229 through the air, two touchdowns. He threw the pick as well, obviously the pick six. And then they got Damian Harris going. It was good to see him uh, run. And uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Are you, uh, did you like what you saw on the Patriots side of the football? I guess I could say going forward, they're kind of, I mean, they're two and four, but they're not really like a horrible two and four team. I feel yeah, the Patriots are interesting. I think they do a lot of good things, uh, things to build on week in, week out. But <clears throat> you're in New England. You're not there to build on things. You're there to win games. They have a high expectation. I just think with this New England team, you see that it's a rookie quarterback and there's some inexperience in some important positions. Um, take a, They got the ball back right before half, and they had a little over a minute, and they just took a couple knees and were satisfied and went down. Uh, went into half and like that was really surprising to me I don't really think we've seen that when it was Tom Brady and Bill Belichick they would take a few shots try and get at least three points so I think it's things like that you just see some inexperience or they don't want to take as much risks and then <clears throat> this New England thing they're two and four but they lost three close ones uh, the Miami game to open the season Tampa Bay and now Dallas so it's like there's good things to build on I don't New England doesn't really like just, you know, the moral victories of getting like they're there to win games, but I think they're, they'll be good in the future. They have good building blocks. It just doesn't really work out for them this season. Yeah. I think, I think uh, Mac is good. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, last thing on this shout out, Nelson Aguilar, Mac Jones hits him on a slant. He would have housed it, hits him in the hands. I remember those, uh, <laughs> those days. Um, yeah. Moving off. We'll go a little earlier, actually basically same time as a, uh, this game, we got to talk about the Cardinals, man. Like the Cardinals do their thing again, go on the road. Uh, the the Browns lose every running back in the books. Kareem Hunt went down. Nick Chubb obviously did not suit up. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of just how it went. We know what style the Browns want to play. They want to run the ball. Without Nick Chubb, it kind of hampers that. And then when you lose Kareem Hunt, kind of hampers that some more. And then when your uh, franchise, quote-unquote franchise quarterback, Baker Mayfield, has really not been uh, – he's obviously banged up, but he was not uh, – very good and i've seen browns fans on twitter kind of questioning if he's really the qb of the future if he's just kind of an average maybe a little bit above average nfl quarterback as we're kind of seeing this thing unfold but i mean i'll start off on the Cardinals side kyler murray again 20 to 30 didn't put up a bunch of yards but he had four touchdowns no picks uh james connor seems to be the lead dog with the running that's a little weird to say uh, he picked up 16 carries for 71 yards, and then they just spread out the touchdowns, right? A.J. Green gets one, Christian Kirk gets one, and obviously DeAndre Hopkins gets two. Um, we both kind of were on the Browns this week. We thought it was a bad matchup going on the road, and obviously the Cardinals proved us both wrong. I mean, are the Cardinals, is it safe to say, like, they're the real deal now? Or are they going to at some point, like, I sit here and part of me still is waiting for them to implode just a bit. Like, I'm kind of waiting for it. Uh, they play the Texans next week. That should be cake. But I mean, two weeks, I think they get the Packers short week on Thursday night football. That should be a dicey one, I think. But I mean, I guess we got to start respecting the Cardinals, you think? Yeah, you. they have to be the number one in the NFC right now. They're, they're the only undefeated team. Uh, to be fair to Arizona, I got to put them at the top. Uh, when they were going into L.A. to play the Rams, I said the Rams are going to beat them. I like the Rams. They're better. They went and they won by 17, and they go on the road to Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland's not playing great, and they got some injuries, but <clears throat> those are excuses. Arizona still beat up on them. They didn't have their head coach. They had some issues of their own they were dealing with, and they still went up there and hung 37 on them. Cleveland only scored 14, and that includes a Hail Mary touchdown right before half so they only had like one good scoring drive that's pretty bad and it's pretty impressive for arizona uh no nick chubb no jarvis landry but there's still enough weapons on that cleveland offense so you expect them to do more at home uh 
I think you got to give just more credit to Arizona for this outcome than blame on Cleveland. Uh, it's hard not to just say nothing but good things about Kyler and that offense. As long as he stays healthy and they keep it rolling, there's really no reason for them to slow down. Yeah, it just seemed like things kind of, yeah, they kind of unraveled for uh, Cleveland fast. But yeah, I mean, I was really, once Cliff Kingsbury got ruled out, I was like, all right, well, this like, that's their lead signal caller, right? Vance Joseph's going to be the acting head coach going on the road for a game like this. I was like, wow, I'm even more confident in the Browns. But yeah, I mean, Kyler Murray efficient. Seems like he's playing smarter. He's not taking hits. And they've kind of got the complete package. They went out and they made some big moves, obviously bringing in A.J. Green, bringing in J.J. Watt on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, it just seems like everything right now is rolling in the desert. I'm excited to see how long they can really keep this going. And I don't know if they somehow lose a game, like I'm ready to see everybody kind of jump off. They'll lose one game. But uh, it's safe to say, I mean, if Kyler Murray can stay 100% and not take hits and really stay upright, uh, they are definitely the team to beat as of right now, I would say, in the uh, NFC through six games. It's kind of remarkable to uh, see how they're going. Yeah, I mean, looking at the second half of their schedule, it's hard to see them losing more than like three, maybe four games. So they're they're in a fantastic position. Yeah, they've got themselves up primed in kind of a division that now that Russell Wilson's out and he's kind of hurt, now you look at San Fran's kind of underperforming our expectations. It's really uh, them and the Rams have kind of strangleholded this division and the division's kind of a little bit weaker than we uh, imagine. But obviously division games, anything can happen. I mean, we saw them play a 17-10 game with the 49ers just last yep. week. But, uh, yeah, they're remarkable. Um, let's stay on the East Coast as well, another West Coast team. Going to the East, we had obviously – the early game, the other early game that we were kind of excited for, the Baltimore Ravens defend their home turf. The Chargers come on the road and this kind of – they didn't have their feet on them under them from the uh, outright. It was kind of game they got pounced on real quick, and it was kind of what we both saw coming uh, through the preview going into this week. It's like they played a super uh, intense 47-42 game against the Browns. Uh, rookie head coach, uh, Justin Herbert's still young, and then they're going to pack it up, keep that same energy, and go to Baltimore. And uh, it's just a veteran team, Lamar Jackson, former MVP, John Harbaugh has been around the block a little bit, Greg Roman. Uh, they just kind of controlled that game and just beat up the Chargers. I mean, I know a lot of people going into this, like after this result, are going to sell stock in the Chargers. I'm not necessarily, I just thought it was, as we said, a bad matchup at a, a bad time, but uh, good stuff for the Ravens. I mean, Lamar Jackson really wasn't that great. He threw two picks. He didn't really do much through the air as he had, but we saw that uh, vintage uh, Ravens running attack, really that in the defense kind of carry them. Devonta Freeman got a touchdown, Latavius Murray, and then even Le'Veon Bell made a sight and uh, squeezed himself in a touchdown. So, I mean, good. Another good uh, W for the Ravens, finding a way to win a game, even when Lamar wasn't at his great uh, greatest. What do you, what'd you see? Yeah, Baltimore just being resilient and figuring out ways to win week in and week out. Uh, <clears throat> every single week I come on here and I've been nothing but impressed with Baltimore. Uh, five and one, they did it again. And what I like is that the last few weeks I was talking about how it was all pass game. They went back to the more traditional uh, Ravens offense, running it a lot because they knew the Chargers don't stop the run well. And, yes, Lamar didn't have a great game, wasn't super efficient in the air, two interceptions, but <clears throat> the defense shut down the Chargers and the uh, run game and the offense got it done again. I just loved seeing them win football games in different manners. So now it was rushing the ball in the dominant run attack the last couple of weeks. It was very dominant passing through the air. And then they had a really good defensive performance. So I'm just impressed with this Ravens team. They deserve to be the one seed in the AFC right now. And they just show in different ways to win week in and week out. And then for the Chargers, I don't really want to like – 
down on the Chargers. I still think they're a great team. It was just a bad spot after last week and then traveling across the country. They just laid an egg, and it happens sometimes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in the NFL 17-game season now, you're going to eventually, a week like this you're, is going to happen to you. It doesn't necessarily mean, yeah, it's like yeah, the Ravens aren't exactly 29 points better hypothetically than the Chargers. It was just a yeah, right matchup, right time. But yeah, I'm impressed with the Ravens as well, finding a way to kind of put it together. We've seen them airing it out a lot. Hey, shit, the airing it out wasn't really working. Uh, the pass rush of the Chargers is kind of getting it. Lamar forced them into a couple turnovers, and then they say, you know what, we'll we'll run the rock, we'll change it up, and then we'll just rely on the defense to kind of show up for a week and make big plays. So it's impressive, right? Like that's what you want to see in a team that you're going to consider a Super Bowl contender, a team that can find ways to win when uh, your A game isn't necessarily there. And, uh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, last real game on the slate that uh, really – is I would say newsworthy really talking about was kind of the Chiefs going on. I didn't even expect to talk about this, but the Chiefs going on the road, Washington, it was kind of first half, ugly, ugly, ugly first half. It was kind of the two offenses were so bad in the first half that it made you think the defenses were actually a little better than they were. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, another week where he makes a ridiculously dumb decision. Um, He didn't want to take a sack. He kind of threw it up like it's the backyard and uh, another interception happened, but then they regrouped, you know, I mean, they played a, uh, I think it was a 21, nothing second half regroup, got the offense going and just surgically picked apart uh, Washington. Were you impressed with kind of the chief's ability to, they were sort of resilient. I mean, they could have let it snowball going into the locker room, but Andy Reid and uh, Mahomes kind of got everything together, got the boys back in and they really uh, put it together in the second half. I was kind of impressed uh, seeing them able to uh, do that and really not to let the game go sideways against a team. They're clearly better than. Yeah, I was impressed with the second half. The Chiefs needed to show that they can stop a football team from scoring points. Uh, Washington, man, I don't have a lot of positive things to say about Washington. Just like a team that I expected to be way better going into this season, and then we all already kind of forgot about them because the NFC East race is kind of wrapped up already. I, I know it's only six weeks, but Dallas is 5-1, and one, and then all the other three teams are just not very good. So Dallas is going to take the NFC East. Was then, like, Washington's not going to get a wild card spot. They've just been so disappointing. The defense can't stop anyone. Uh, they don't do anything well. Really, you thought it was going to be an elite D-line, and then the secondary could get enough stops. The secondary is atrocious. And now the one thing that Washington did well was score points, and then they were shut out in the second half. So, like, I'm looking at Ron Rivera and that Washington team. They got a lot of question marks. They got a lot of things they need to figure out this week because they're looking really, really bad, and they had some expectations this year. But as for the Chiefs, a good second half. I'm just glad the defense could stop a – an opposing team. And then Patrick Mahomes, the turnovers are getting worrisome. He hasn't left the game without an interception since week one. And that's really crazy to say, because Patrick Mahomes isn't that dude that's throwing picks every game, but he has this season. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, kind of one wasn't his fault. I believe one hit off of Tyreek Hill's hands again. I want to say, and it was intercepted. I, I honestly, I didn't have this game on uh, right at the beginning. But I believe that was the second one was 100% him, though, when he's forcing it after uh, losing the handle on the uh, snap, fumbles that, and then just kind of bloops it up there. I was like, bro, just throw it away. Like, the sideline's right there. Like, why are you even trying to uh, do that? That was kind of one of the more dumber things that I've seen him uh, do over the course of this year and over the course of his career. But, yeah, you're spot on about the uh, football team. I think they really have a, a serious – they have what I, their quarterback-deficient team, Taylor Heineke, is uh, – as much as the football team fan base can kind of try to get behind him and say like, he could be the guy, he's not the guy. Uh, obviously the defense, the front has taken a step back. Chase Young did get a sack. 
Uh, he was going up against Mike Remmer's first game since the Super Bowl for him. Kind of had his way. But, yeah, their defense can't really stop a nosebleed. Uh, Antonio Gibson has a – I think it's like a stress fracture in the shin, so that's only getting worse week to week, to be honest. There will be a point where he gets shut down. Uh, Curtis Samuel, who they went out and got, a groin injury, played I think one game wasn't really effective, and he's out again. They just kind of – uh, they made some moves, didn't pan out. Fitzpatrick obviously hurt too. Um, yeah, we were kind of high on them. I was, I said the Cowboys would still win the division, but I was still, we were both high on Washington. Like we thought that defense would be able to attack quarterbacks and force turnovers. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of interested. Uh, uh, I think they should maybe give uh, the man Cam Newton a call, kind of re- reunion with Ron, Riverboat Ron. Why not? That's what I'm saying. Uh, at this point, I don't see why not. Now that he's uh, fully vaccinated and good to go, I would say I'm surprised that they at least haven't given a phone call or brought him in for a workout that that uh, surprises me. Um, well, that's really it for the uh, games portion. I do have a couple other things out here. So after this weekend, we're now six weeks in. Uh, where would you uh, – what would the order of the AFC teams be through the uh, – yeah, the Ray – obviously, we got the Chargers, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Bills, kind of kind of the your big teams, the pecking order for the – obviously, the, uh, the heavyweights that are going to be there competing for an AFC title. Well, I think the Ravens have earned the number one spot as of right now through, through six weeks. And then Tennessee beating Buffalo makes it a little hard now, makes it makes it a toss-up for a lot of these other spots after them. But I would still put Buffalo second. So I'd put Baltimore, Buffalo. Um, third would probably be the Chargers. Third would be the Chargers for sure. And then after that, I would put Tennessee, Chiefs, then the Browns. The Browns are starting to worry me as well. Chiefs and the Browns, I thought were going to be higher up. Yeah, I'd probably be yeah same as well. Mine, I, you got to have the Ravens at the top. They're finding ways to win, as we said. When they're not looking good, they're still winning ball games. Yeah, Buffalo doesn't really slide. They just moved down that one slot. I think I would have them number one last week, but obviously they lose, and the Ravens are so impressive. So yeah, I'd probably have the uh, the Ravens, Bills, uh, yeah, Chargers as well. And Tennessee is interesting, man. I kind of didn't even think about them as you're going through it. I was like, yeah, we kind of have to include them now. Like they're four and two. They've kind of got the shit back together. They lose Caleb Fairley, which kind of concerns me. He tore his ACL, uh, obviously a big part of the secondary. But uh, the way they're running the football, man, the last uh, couple of weeks, yeah, I'd say you have to put them in there. And then you yeah, had the Chiefs and the uh, Browns. The Browns are kind of sliding out. I don't even know if the Browns, they're getting to the point where I don't even know if we have to name them anymore. Like, I think a couple more weeks and they could really go south with Baker Mayfield and the uh, the shoulder injury. Oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. They're like a week or two away from being slid, slid out. That's facts. Um, Let's see what else. Yeah, uh, you, we got to talk. I mean, we're six weeks in. We got to talk about the MVP race. Uh, where would you have Derrick Henry in the MVP race Ooh. up to this point? Obviously, the books aren't big on running backs, as we've seen. But uh, where would you have him uh in the MVP race and who would be your MVP? Like who would you have if the season ends right now, who would be your MVP? Mm, That's tough. Uh, Real quick. Who is the betting favorite right now? So the betting favorite as a, a, from DraftKings, it's actually co-favorites. We have Dak Prescott and Kyler Murray. They are both co-favorites at a four to one followed up by Josh Allen, five to one Tom Brady, eight to one. Lamar Jackson, I, I like the value. He's 12 to 1, and Derrick Henry's all the way back at 25 to 1. Wow. Well, if I was betting that, I would pick Lamar because Lamar is my guy. I was, I completely forgot about Dak, to be fair, but I was thinking one or two being between 
Kyler and Lamar because their teams have by far been the best to me in the AFC and the NFC. Uh, I guess I would give the slight lean to Kyler since he's undefeated. And I got to give the Cardinals credit because no head coach. They were still impressive on the road. Each week I doubt them. They shut me up and they're very impressive. So I would make Kyler the favorite. I would have put Lamar second. And then, man, they don't favor running backs, but if Derrick Henry were to go for 2,000 yards again and break and break the record, I think he should either be the favorite at very worst, second or third. Got you. So right now, so you'd have – it would be Kyler, Lamar, Lamar, and Derrick Henry as your top three as of this moment. That's good. Um, yeah, I'd probably go nod Kyler one, too. I mean, he's the only undefeated team. He's kind of been remarkably efficient. There hasn't he, – he's just been dialed in, putting it uh, – putting it – all together, my two would have to be Dak Prescott, though, to be honest. I agree with those uh, co-favorites. I mean, he's done everything coming off of that ankle injury. He's been remarkably good and putting it all together uh, every week, and he kind of just seems to do it again. They're five and one. And then, uh, yeah, I'd probably have Lamar uh, three, a big win, uh, five and one team as well. Kind of he's rolling it, uh, rolling the rock every way you want to say he can run. He's throwing the ball then out this year. So I'd probably have him three. I love the value at 12 to one for Lamar. It's just funny to see the books. I mean, even Pat Mahomes is 18 to uh, one. He's sitting ahead of Derrick Henry. They don't love the uh, running backs. It's basically saying that if you took any of these quarterbacks ahead of them off their team, their team are probably what top 10 picks, like top five picks. That's basically what the books are saying. But uh, yeah, I love what Derrick Henry's doing. Nonetheless, he might not win or he might not even be at the end in consideration for the MVP, but he has been remarkable up to this point. Which is so crazy because if he breaks those records and he has that much of a historic season and he's not even like a top three vote getter, then you might as well just change it to the quarterback award. Uh, yeah, pretty much. And then I'm trying to see the other questions. We kind of covered them up. Like we both said, the Cardinals, like we think, do you think they're, yeah, we think they're for real, right? Like down the stretch, like we're riding on them. And then uh, we kind of covered the Ravens as well, how remarkable it is that they lose half the team to the IR. They just lose Ronnie Staley. And they uh, they continue to win. Any other uh, games? I mean, shout out Urban Meyer. He can't win on American soil, but you go over to London, man, you squeak out a W. <laughs> the Dolphins are just so disappointing. Like they should be disgraced. Yeah. I said that Jacksonville should stay over there. The Dolphins should maybe stay over there. Like, is my is Miami maybe the most disappointing team this season? Easily, they just look like right. uh, trash, and I think it's very interesting that every week Tua gets slandered, but we never see, we never hear Brian Flores slander. Like we see that guy waste challenges and waste timeouts. Like I think it's time to start saying that Brian Flores might not be that good. Like he was remark, he was pretty good the past couple of years, but coming into this year, there was like a real expectation, right? They narrowly missed the playoffs to uh, to take that next step, and they've kind of went completely backwards. Obviously, you don't plan for Tua to get hurt, but I just think it's time to like stop putting all the blame on Tua and start uh, putting the blame on the head football coach because it is the head football coach and their uh, their job to put the quarterback in that position to uh, get the job done. That's an interesting proposition looking at Brian Flores because that's a that's a good point, dude. There's a lot of slander towards Tua and no, no speak about anyone else on that Dolphins team. He's kind of the escape goat. Yeah, exactly. Um, we'll just go through real quick. Shout out Carson Wentz. He was once again, he was good on Monday Night Football. He was good again. He really slung the rock good. Obviously, it's the Texans, but I mean, you still got to go out there and play the game. He looked uh, good once again. I'll give him his props when it's due. He's been uh, slinging the ball pretty good. And that team's kind of, they're picking up a couple W's, W's that they need to get. They're sitting at, uh, what is it? They're two and four, obviously. They're kind of down in it, tough losses. But um, they're kind of putting it together a little bit, trying to make a uh, make a push as we go into the middle portion of the season. 
they're starting to look like a real competitive football team, the team I expected to see. It just uh, – hopefully it's not too late for them, but that slow start's really sinking them. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, just one last thing, Carolina Panthers, uh, embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, Sam Darnold's kind of regressed a little bit. His receivers, they're Robbie Anderson. Jeez, man, like get some stickum or something. I think you can get it at like Walmart. They'll sell you there. Put something on the gloves, like just catch the football. It was kind of, I tuned into the last uh, drive, the 95-yard drive, and then obviously the overtime portion. And I see like my first four plays, I see three drops. I see, I think it was two by Robbie Anderson, one by Hubbard. Uh, they're kind of unraveling now. They were uh, three and oh, they're now three and three very uh, quickly. It seems like uh, Matt Rule, his team that we were kind of high on when they were three and oh, they're kind of it's seeing that the competition they played in the first two games really wasn't that great. And they're kind of their mistakes and flaws are getting uh, pinpointed in these uh, these coming weeks. They kind of got to get the ship back going. Yeah, Sam Darnold's clearly regressing 17 of 41. That's that's pretty rough. Uh, loses three in a row. To be fair, Carolina thought that three and zero start they were ahead of schedule. They weren't expecting to be as good this year. So now it's kind of balancing out. But they got quarterback question marks still. Sam Donald does not seem like he's the answer. No, yeah, he's not putting it together. I'm surprised they haven't made the phone call for Deshaun. Obviously, they're probably waiting for either the price to drop or the legal stuff. They kind of needed Christian McCaffrey back too. He hit the IR again for three more weeks. So, I mean, they're kind of – they need uh, him back. He is a vital part to make that uh, that offense go. Any other thing from really like Sunday or the uh, week before we kind of jump into how everybody fared on the uh, spreads this week? Uh, one last thing, the Thursday night game, the Eagles. Uh, I was pretty disappointed with Jalen Hurts' ability to take advantage of that terrible Tampa Bay secondary and Sirianni's play calling. I really hope that improves as an Eagles fan because that was not fun to watch. But Jalen Hurts remains undefeated in fantasy. Bad real game again, but another good fantasy game. He, he just somehow never fails in fantasy. Yeah, that's what everybody, yeah, it kind of, that's what everybody thought it was going to be. Like, that man's going to put up numbers somehow. I mean, we clearly see. Oh, snap. Um, yeah, I was uh, I was kind of talking to myself there. I said, uh, yeah, this is the first week in uh, Eagles football where uh, I wasn't impressed with Jalen Hurts as a thrower. Like his arm strength kind of showed and it kind of made me question. Yeah, I kind of see why people uh, view don't really view him as a uh, franchise quarterback. Nick Sirianni doesn't like to run the ball. Um, obviously, you don't really want to run it heavy against that Bucks front. But what do you know? Nick Sirianni picks up where Doug left off, find a way to back to recover. And uh, I guess that'll make the betters happy. But I mean, I'm not going to go into the spiel about Eagles football because I could talk about could talk about Eagles football for hours. And uh, yeah, it's just disappointing. We'll uh, we'll move on to it next week at the Raiders. Probably won't be an <laughs> impressive result. But uh, yeah, this is kind of way it's kind of spin it. And as you said, yeah, Jalen Hurts is going to be able to put up numbers. Sirianni doesn't run it. The ball is going to be in Jalen's hands to uh, do things. So if you have him as a fantasy quarterback, uh, you will be impressed. I would say weekly.
Um, yeah, we'll kind of move out week six, wrap this up, move on to the uh, week six picks against the spread, uh, the records. Yeah, it's razor close. Everybody's within a game. Uh, any games where you're just kind of like, uh, screw this team. Like you've had a pretty damn good week, eight and five. That was the best out of us. Me and John both put up a uh, six and seven weeks. Um, the team that's disappointing always is Houston. I can't believe I actually picked them on a spread. And I said that going in, they looked like a real football team two weeks ago. And then on Sunday, they looked abysmal again. So they were pretty disappointing. And then of course the Cleveland Browns, because that was just a not what we expected. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Browns, Broncos, Steelers are probably my three uh, most disappointing. The Browns, obviously, for reasons spoken. The Steelers, because you're facing Geno Smith, you're up 14 nothing. I was like, yep, this is like to wrap. They'll cover pretty easily. And then they find a way to make it a game and go to OT. Then the Broncos, like playing a team coach just got fired. Big scandal. You're at mile high. And I just felt like they would overwhelm the uh, – we would see the Raiders kind of spiral big time, but we saw the exact opposite. The Raiders came out, uh, put up 34 points, and kind of controlled the uh, Broncos on the road. And then, yeah, man, I tried to warn you about the Texans. They will not look like a good team. <laughs> Watch. They'll probably cover against Arizona. I think it's 14 right now. They'll find a way to do that. But you can't go Texans two weeks in a row. They, they'll pop up, give you a good week. You got to find that good Texans week in the rough. It's kind of a – it's a hard one to find. Uh, the only Texans week I might take from here on out is Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a fair enough. Um, I think that's really it. Anything really to wrap it up? We're all close in the spreads. I mean, it's a one uh, it's a one game race for the top of the spot through six weeks. I'm just glad to hold on to my uh, hold on to first place for a week. You know, what I mean, it feels good to ride into another <laughs> week as the uh, top guy, even if it's only by a game. I'm back. I'm back in the range to shoot for above 500. So that's what I'm going for this week. Got another shot at it. Exactly. We're both uh, attacking it uh, head on. We're kind of, yeah, we're kind of understanding more. I mean, we're getting screwed by some teams. We're kind of, kind of picking up on some of the other teams, which is a, a good thing through uh, six ball games. But I mean, that's going to do it for today's show. I want to thank everybody for uh, listening. Please like subscribe and comment. If you have any suggestions as we would love to hear your uh, feedback as always Spotify link will be in the description for audio only listeners. And uh, yeah, we will see you for the uh, week seven preview.